not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest. I love lamp. I love lamp. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. My stomach's been killing me lately, so I wore sweatpants to work. And now I just sat on my sack. I am in pain. This last hour is going to be a battle, folks. FYI, it's not 2012. So anybody worried about the Penguins' last appearance against the Flyers in the playoffs? And eh, just shut the bleep up. Yes, it is the first time that these teams will meet since 2012. The low point in the Sidney Crosby era of Pittsburgh Penguins ice hockey. But since that moment, the Penguins have been to the conference final three times. They won the Stanley Cup twice. These Pens aren't the mentally fragile group that took the ice against Philly five Aprils ago. Under Dan Biles, when the Penguins would get rattled, they were easily frustrated. Not this team. With Mike Sullivan at the helm, the Penguins' mantra is just play. And you know what? It works. That Phillies team was good. They were the third highest scoring team in the National Hockey League. They also had a lot of success against the Penguins, not just in terms of results, but because they could suck the Penguins into playing fire wagon hockey and because they had a bunch of jabronis who were racking up a whole bunch of penalty minutes. Think about that team. Zach Ronaldo had 232 penalty minutes. Scott Hartnell had 136. Wayne Simmons, 114. Tom Sacito, 83. Uh, this coming from Jason Mackey, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Only three NHL teams, Carolina, Vegas, and Columbus, this year had that many or less by themselves this season. The Penguins are 2-3-1 and one against those Flyers, those Broad Street bullies. Pittsburgh's two wins weren't masterpieces either. One, a 6-4 to four victory where it was fire wagon hockey, and the other was the final game of the regular season, which was meaningless. This bunch of Flyers isn't as good as that year's team. They also don't have a bunch of jabronis running around trying to kill you. Uh, Brandon Manning can be that guy, but only when they unleash him, only when they take off his muzzle, and I don't see that happening all that much in this series. As I mentioned, Philly's also just not great. They're 42-40 and 40 if you take out the loser point, and I will take out the loser point. Matt Geica said you shouldn't because it's tough to get to overtime. A loss to me is a loss. Philly's 12th in the league in goals per game, not bad. But they're 14th in goals against, 16th on the power play, 29th on the penalty kill. They're average. They're not a good hockey club. 2012's team was. And the Penguins are 4-0 against this year's club, scoring five goals in each contest. You might still have some PTSD when thinking back to 2012. I know I do. But these Penguins aren't anything like that group. And neither are the Flyers. In the 2012 series, the Penguins gave up more goals than they did in their entire cup run in 2009. It was a special sort of awful. Without a doubt, the low point in the Crosby era. Sid passed the baton to Giroux as the best player in hockey. And everything the Flyers did on the power play worked. But it has been six years. Things change. Giroux, Voracek, and Simmons are around. Same thing with Matt Reed. Penguins have Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. That's it. That's where the similarities end. Because James Neal was a loose cannon. He was capable of scoring unbelievable goals, but he would also not be seen for games and weeks and series at a time. And he liked the knee guys in the head. His composure was Tasmanian devil-like, non-existent. Crystal Tang's still good for a bad turnover. He's still good for some head-scratching plays, but we don't see him lose his mind like he did under Dan Bilesma. 
Marc-Andre Fleury was in the midst of the worst funk of his career. He's no longer here in the Berg. And Matt Murray's proven himself as a playoff ace. The Penguins' penalty kill lately has not been good, but it's trending back up. They've killed six of their last seven. The Penguins allowed 11 power play goals in the six-game series in 2012. Woof. If one team's power play is likely to abuse the other team's penalty kill, it's the Penguins' power play versus the Flyers' PK. Penguins have scored 26.2% of the time on the power play this year. That's first in the league. It's the best mark in the history of this franchise. The Flyers are 29th in the National Hockey League on the penalty kill. Penguins have the advantage in center depth, in goaltending, in special teams. They're the better team. They were in 2012 as well, but Mike Sullivan will keep the team on point. Sully will not let the Penguins blow their lids. Pens in five, baby. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Dupe was a pretty good goal song. I'll give it to you. It was legit. Is it better, though, than Party Hard? Is there anything that gets you harder than when Phil Kessel streaks down the wing, buries one behind a goaltender, and then Party Hard comes on? Oh my god, I'm getting a little hard right now. I think Phil Kessel is ugly Andrew WK. That's not to say Andrew WK is hot or anything. But AWK is put together pretty nicely. Phil Kessel, not so much. But he makes it happen. Phil Kessel's me. Phil Kessel's Tom. Phil Kessel's you. The Penguins have playoff performers that you can count on. Crosby's won back-to-back Conn Smythe trophies. Evgeny Malkin won the Conn Smythe in 2009. He led the Penguins in playoff scoring last year. Kessel, the guy who's me, who's you, who's Tom has 45 points in 49 Penguins playoff games. Jake Gensel led the playoffs in goal scoring last year. Broussard averages .59 points per game in the regular season and .7 points per game in the playoffs. Brian Rust is Mr. Elimination Game. Patrick Hornquist scored the game winner in Game 6 of the Cup Final last year. The Penguins are chock full of experience and talent and players who don't just take their play from the regular season to the playoffs, they kick it into another gear. The Flyers have talent, no doubt. They've got 11 players who've scored 10 or more goals this year, but they have two rookies on their second line. Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom are good players, but they've never been here before. That line's going to match up with the Malkin line? With Hornquist, who's going to chop Oscar Lindblom's head off? With Carl Haglin, who's going to skate circles around those guys? The Penguins, to a man, know how to get it done. This series reminds me a little bit of Penguin Sens 2007. The Penguins will be playing the part of the Sens. The Flyers are young and talented. They're going to be a problem in the next handful of years, but it's not their time yet. If Crosby's line can neutralize the Giroux line, the Couturier line, then the Penguins will win this series comfortably. Two years ago when the Penguins played the Capitals in round number two, where the Capitals always seem to find their ultimate resting place, Sidney Crosby's line held the Ovechkin line in check. They didn't do a lot of scoring. They held it in check. And then we saw HPK win the Stanley Cup, win the series, and then take them to greener pastures. If Crosby's line can do that in this series, Malkin's line's going to have its way with the Nolan Patrick line. We're going to see the Voracek line, I think, get dominated by the Phil Kessel, Derek Broussard line. 
That's my biggest key to this series. That and goaltending. And the Flyers don't have any of that. Matt Murray? Pretty darn good. Hasn't had a great year this year. But he's done it in the playoffs. 937 save percentage last year. 928 in his career after a 924 save percentage his first rookie season. The Flyers are going to have Elliott and Nett or Mrazek and come on now. We've seen the Penguins trample some pretty good goaltenders, great goaltenders, in fact, over the last two years. Vezina candidate goaltenders, Hall of Fame goaltenders, and Henrik Lundqvist. You think they're scared of Elliott and Mrazek? Yeah, I don't think so. You can look at the Penguins' problems and you can say, well, I don't know if Matt Murray's got it anymore. I'm a little bit worried about his season he's had this year. And I get it. But you'd still take the Penguins' goaltending situation over Philadelphia's? You'd still take it over Columbus's? We've yeah. seen how Bobrovsky plays in the playoffs. He's 3-10 and in his career. And Brayden Holpe, for as good as he's been in the regular season and at times in the playoffs, has not played his best when it matters most. So I'm taking Murray over any of those circumstances. Penguins in five. I think Penguins wind up coming home up three games to one and win that thing in game five in front of a bunch of screaming Penguins fans. Yes, Tom. I have a take for you. I'm ready for your take. Matt Murray is the best goalie in the Eastern Conference. Oh, boy. I think it's true. Oh, boy. I mean, look at the past two playoffs. Like We've talked about this all the time. Whenever the chips were down last year, when things looked bad in Nashville, we were going back to Nashville after posting a shutout here in Pittsburgh. He posts a shutout right in their face in their own barn. We win a Stanley Cup. Two in a row. Every single time that we need him, he comes through. So why, why would we doubt? It's like what Mackie was saying earlier today. Why would we doubt him when the past two years he's just proven to be there when we need him the most? I can't. I know the game hasn't been great, but I'm not going to doubt a player who's done it at the pinnacle of the sport when there was no reason to believe he could do that. I've talked already about Lindblom and Nolan Patrick and how I don't think that they're going to get it done because they've never done it before and because they're playing a team that is all about the experience. But Matt Murray got it done, and he didn't have the experience. That's why he's a special cat. I have no doubt Nolan Patrick might be a special cat, too, but I think he's going to get overwhelmed. These playoffs could not have set up any better for your Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll hear from Mackey coming up in about eight minutes here on the show. The Penguins get to play the Flyers, which is the matchup I've wanted all along. We know this. While the Penguins have played against Columbus in Philly, the Jackets are the better of the two teams. The Pens get the best matchup in round one, and Washington and Columbus get to beat the bleep out of each other in round one as well. One of those teams is going to be knocked out. If the Jackets win, I feel confident in the Penguins' abilities to solve Bobrovsky and move to the conference final. If the Capitals win, well, the Penguins have owned them their entire freaking existence. New Jersey was a thorn in the side of the Pens all season long, but they're in the Atlantic side of the bracket, and the Penguins wouldn't play them until the conference final. Tampa is going to get a handful out of New Jersey in round one, and I think that that series could go six or seven games. I like that Tampa also won the Atlantic because I think Boston's the team from that side that will give the Penguins the most fits, and now they're going to have to play Toronto. Toronto's going to be a tough out for them. 
And I think Penns fans should hope to play Toronto or Tampa in the conference finals because the Penguins enjoy, to a man, playing against Tampa. They've talked about it because it's an offensively oriented game. They're not that hard to play against from a physicality standpoint. Toronto, same thing. I don't think it could have worked out any better for these Penguins and hope to three-peat. 412-922-2874. What's the hashtag? Hashtag three-leave. Kind of lame. But I'm three-leaving. Up next, Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Is he three-leaving? Okay, it's pretty lame. It's a Crowley show. When it's time to party, we will party hard. If you have Parkinson's disease, you are urgently needed for clinical trials. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will get you started. Get your Parkinson's trial participant pack at michaeljfox.org slash participant pack. It's free and available right now. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Phil Kessel is my dad tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Phil Kessel is my dad. Okay. Phil Kessel is my dad also said, I must admit, I'm always pumped when your grandma comes on the show. Me too. It's my favorite segment every single day. Well, unless we've got Macchia. Then the Mac Daddy is my numero uno priority. Tonight, 7 o'clock, he and... Phil Bork will be live, I think, at the Mount Lebanon Saloon. Is that where you're doing it along the boards tonight, Mackie? That is at the saloon. You're uh, your stomping grounds, pal. Come on up and hang. I might have a couple of pops. I think there I am going to do that, in fact. No one's going to show man. up. Love that show. Love love our uh, Monday night party time with Borky. Yeah, you guys kill it. It's a really good program, so that'll be coming up today after this show. And if I show up, no one will show up for you guys, so maybe I'll actually just rescind my offer now. Oh man! Every time we go in there, though, that place is packed. They, they, you know this. You grew up in in Lebo. They make it killing, man. Every time we're in there, it's just. I'm thankful they they take such good care of us and like wait on us and get us stuff because it is not uh, it is not barren. Jason, the Penguins get the Flyers in round one. This is evoking memories for people from 2012. Some PTSD. But I don't think that that has any place in this series. I don't think it really needs to be all that much of a talking point after we see the puck get dropped the first time because I just don't think things are going to play out remotely like they did in 2012. I agree with you, Adam. I was looking at some stuff this afternoon um, in in that vein, and um, I didn't even know this. It kind of blows my mind. Zach Ronaldo, one, was on that team. Um, You had the guys you expect and know about in Hartnell and Wayne Simmons. And then guess who else was on that team? Tom Sestito. I, I didn't even grab wow. that. And, I mean, that was like total goon squad stuff. They had what, 1,300 penalty minutes, a number that nobody has even come close to this year. Uh, I mean, that Flyers team was made to do what they did in that series. And the Penguins lost their cool. And they were a younger, more immature team. Um the guys that are around, I think, have grown up, and a lot of the guys that were on that team aren't here now. So I don't expect any of that funny business. I think the Penguins are much better keeping their wits about them. I think Mike Sullivan has done a tremendous job, um, you know, with the just play mantra. They're not perfect. They have their issues. Uh, but, in ter- you know, when they, I think it's interesting we can sort of compare now to then. It's night and day. Uh, they're a much different, more disciplined team. They are, and I – 
know that that has to do with Mike Sullivan. I also think it just happens with age. You start to get a little bit more mature. Uh, these Penguins just don't come unglued the way that that Penguins club came unglued. And frankly, the Flyers aren't going to stir things that way either, like you alluded to. I think this series is pretty simple uh, as far as I'm concerned, Jason. I think if the Crosby line can take that Giroux-Couturier line out of its game or at least play him even, that the Penguins are just going to be able to feast uh, in their other matchups. Because I just don't think, while Philly is deep, I don't think they're anywhere near as deep as the Penguins are on those top three lines. No, well, you know, the top three lines are okay for Philly. I just feel like, you know, defensively they're not great, number one. I feel like somewhere the Penguins are going to have an advantageous matchup. Like, I do kind of see this thing being a little bit high scoring. I have respect for Giroux and Boracek and Couturier and Konechny. And these guys are good hockey players. That's a very good offensive team. But, um, you know, are they going to outscore the Penguins? No. Do they have anybody on the back end who's going to be able to even remotely handle Geno's line? Or if Broussard comes back, what he and Phil might do? They just don't. You know, their second defense pairing is who? Travis Sanheim and Andrew McDonald? Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I You know, I love Provorov and Gostas Behar as much as the next guy, but they're a, maybe a number one. I, they're not a, you know, probably a two or three on a better team. But, um, you know, Philly's light on defense. They're light defensively when you talk about forwards. So, um, you know, depth is going to play out, I think, here over seven games. I don't even think it will get to seven games. Broussard going to be back for game one, it seems. Indeed, sir. So that means that it wasn't a total failure, that trade with Ian Cole. <laughs> well, Ian Cole did ruin the Penguins uh, post-trade deadline. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> concoct some sort of sarcastic thing. But, yeah, it's, it's funny how the Penguins like hit a little bit of a rough patch on the penalty kill slash overall, and all of a sudden people are, why did they make that trade? Riley Shane was fine. You know, it's the same sort of thing like Matt Murray struggles in goal and they say, why didn't they keep Marc-Andre Fleury? It's, it's just revisionist history that just makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, Derek Broussard is really starting to figure it out. Derek Broussard is a tremendous playoff player, one of the best in the game right now. He is a guy that is just a stupidly good weapon on the third line when they have him and everything is clicking, which it just about was before he got hurt. So, you know, he's going to be back, and I really look for that line, him and Phil, um, to take advantage of a lot of very good matchups that they could see in this series, the next, the Eastern Conference Finals, they need they need Persaud. This is so cliche, Jason, but I think that it's true when it comes to this Penguins team. They've got so many guys who just are playoff performers. Uh, Phil Kessel's a great regular season player. He's a hell of a postseason player. Patrick Hornquist, he'll smack you in the face with a stick in the regular season, but he's going to cut your head clean off in the playoffs. That guy was working so hard. Brian Rust has been Mr. Elimination Game. Jake Gensel last year led the playoffs in goals. Sidney Crosby's won the Conn Smythe two years in a row. Gino won it before. We know Matt Murray's played really well in the playoffs. Now you add Broussard, a guy who steps his game up. I'm not saying that the Penguins are going to win the Stanley Cup for the third year in a row. I'm not even going to predict that, I don't think, in all likelihood, but... I just I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around them getting eliminated, and I'm having a hard time seeing what would eliminate them just because of everything I just said. These guys always seem to find a way, and they certainly have these last two years. I agree with you, Adam. 
I agree with you 100%. When I, I look at this team, I see nothing that can stop them other than, well, two things, and it's not another team. It's themselves. If they decide they're going to be careless and they're not going to tighten up defensively and they're going to allow far too much, or if somebody gets hurt. Threes um, are obviously a, always a game changer, and I look at their defense, and it does scare me. Um, if they have one, I think they'll be okay. If they have two, I think they're really in trouble. Yeah. Um, and that's the only thing that I can say that would stop this team. I mean, you went down the list of all of these guys that have proven playoff histories, and you can count on even if one or two don't produce, there's four or five that can produce right behind them. Um, even I think their fourth line is a little bit lighter than it's been the past two years. I don't know if that matters because the top nine is so darn good. But, again, I look at do they beat themselves with too many turnovers or stupid mistakes, or do they get hurt? And those are the only two things I see knocking them out of this thing. Let's talk a little bit about the Flyers' biggest weakness, and that's the penalty kill. They are 29th in the National Hockey League. The Penguins, of course, first in the NHL, and they set the franchise record, which I think speaks to how good they are given the history of this club that they were able to set the record this year. I mean, that's insane to me. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, that was 95-96, I believe you said that. And it, what they did this season is the best mark since then in a full season. The only other one was the Capitals in the lockout year. I think we're at like 26.8. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is legit. And I really do think, Adam, that this whole series is going to hinge on special teams. And not so much as it did back in 2011-2012, but just the way these teams are built and their strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, Philly has been on a better run. Um, Recently killing penalties, ballparking it since about March. They've been, you know, at or near, you know, I would say top third of the league. Um, they haven't been as bad as they were early in the year, and especially in like December, January. But they're getting better. Are they good enough to to counter what the Penguins have on the power play? No, I don't think so. And the Penguins are heating up and, and really have been hot the entire season, but have looked especially proficient lately. Uh, the Penguins can win this series on the power play. They simply can. And I guess the other side of that coin, too, is the Penguins' penalty kill hasn't been perfect either. Um, they've shown some signs. Two out of the past three, they've been perfect. But this is also a good flower, flowers, flyers, power play we're dealing with here. Um, they're going to have a tough task. They are. And I was wondering, in your opinion, Jason, and what you're hearing in the locker room, do they feel like they're getting closer to uh, being where they want to be on the penalty kill? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're very happy with where they are on the penalty kill. A lot of the stuff that we've heard over and over is – you know, let's say they have six minutes of penalties to kill. They kill about five minutes and 50 seconds of it. It's the 10 seconds that prove really costly, and we've seen a lot of that lately. They're excellent, and then all of a sudden they make one big boneheaded mistake, and it's end up in the back of their net. Um, a lot of times you can not look that great on the penalty kill and get away with it, and they did for portions of it. I don't know the exact dates, Adam, but, you know, there was a, a – a sizable chunk in the middle of the season where the Penguins penalty kill could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of paying for it right now. And so, you know, one or two slip ups is getting them, but at the same time, they're still putting in the effort. A lot of times the process is good. And we've seen the process lately be even better. When you watch the penalty kill, the stuff you're going to look at is pressure in the pocket. How many times, you know, is it not one guy, but two guys or maybe three or four guys? Um, if they get their stick on a puck with a potential clear, they don't flub it. They don't hit an opponent's stick. They don't, you know, make a bad read and 
the opposing team's able to keep it in or something like that, just getting clear, and they've done a much better job with that stuff. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley Show. You and I have similar viewpoints as it relates to Matt Murray and how he's going to play. Did not have the best season, but obviously dealt with a lot this year. Uh, I expect him to be good in the playoffs. And when you look at what he did against Columbus, sure, that first goal, not good. But he also made some 10-bell saves in that game, and... When the Penguins can score the way that they can, he doesn't need to be perfect every night. He just needs to make the big saves, and I think he's going to be able to do that. Yeah, I agree with you, pal. Um, I'll have a good one for you tomorrow morning in my 20 thoughts. I nice. talked to Matt one-on-one for a while today, and he was, uh, he, was, he was Matt Murray at his finest. He remains one of my favorite quotes to ever deal with. And, uh, you know, I, I ran a few things by him, but the basic gist of it was he didn't have a great regular season. He's not entirely thrilled with people doubting him. Um, and he had some interesting words for his performance in the postseason, how much he enjoys playing postseason hockey. Um, another thing that came up in there was his ability to sort of focus on the present and be, um, he keeps using the word be in the present, but live in the moment, disappear into the game, whatever sort of term you want to use. And Matt does a tremendous job of that, doesn't think about stuff in the past very often. A lot of it, what he's telling me today is something as simple as breathing techniques and feeling like air filling up your lungs and focusing on where you're breathing and where and how you're breathing with your nose and your mouth and the whole sort of process of it. It's amazing when you think about that stuff, how much the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. So. Anyway, I know you like the 20 thoughts. I love doing them. Yes, There's some sir. strong stuff in there from Murray coming tomorrow morning. 9 a.m.? Uh, yeah, it's probably a 9 a.m. Or I, I haven't gotten a chance to write it yet. i got to do the radio show and hopefully see my family for a minute or two. I might, <laughs> might write it tonight. might get up early tomorrow and do it. This is Jason Mackey, the procrastinator here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jason, who the hell's playing goalie for the Flyers? Uh, they've had a revolving door there, and not, none of them really, the three guys that, that I've seen, I think Jake Gelly's probably going to be the guy. None of them have really had great numbers this year. Who is that going to be the guy? Jake Elliott, right? <laughs> Jake Elliott, Brian Elliott. It doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't, <laughs> but I just thought you were doing a, a Flyers joke where you you know, it's just it's going to be in there, you know, and you, like, sneeze and make a noise into your arm or something. It could kind of work with the fly. It could be Hextall for all I know. It could. It might. It, maybe it should be Hextall. I think they might be onto something there. Um, it's going to be Brian Elliott to start, but, but, you know, like I'm giving you a hard time with it, it could be anybody. Peter Morazic could end up in there by game three. Um, I believe Norver is hurt. Um, um, regardless, he hasn't been good enough for it to really matter. Um it, Elliot has had some success in the postseason, but not consistent. I wrote something today that he has won or lost 22 of 41 starts. Ah, whatever. It's a bunch of numbers. He hasn't been good in the postseason. Um, I don't think any goaltender the Penguins see is really going to matter here, um, especially with the Flyers. They've steamrolled Bobrovsky. They've steamrolled um, Braden Holtby. They could be seeing Grubauer if they get through to the next round. I mean, They've beaten a lot of goaltenders. Uh, Brian Elliott's not about, you know, they should he shouldn't scare people. Well, that's just it, right, Jason? A lot of people are talking about the Penguins goaltending and the doubting of Matt Murray. You and I do not subscribe to that. But they don't look at who the Penguins will be facing. I'm far more worried if I'm a Philadelphia 
fan about their goaltending situation. I'm far more concerned if I'm a Columbus fan about Bobrovsky against the Penguins in the playoffs. And if I'm a Capitals fan, if it's the Penguins again, well, I've given up hope anyhow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just funny. That's sort of what I went at Matt today with the idea of, because I know you probably get it on your show. I get it on Twitter or emails or chats or whatever. But what's wrong with Matt Murray? Matt Murray, Matt Murray. Like, one, what else are you going to do? I mean, I'm not going to bench Matt Murray and put in Tristan Jari or Casey Smith. No offense to Tristan or Casey. And two, what are we really doubting here? The guy has never not ended an NHL season with the Stanley Cup. You know, it's sort of like the geniuses that go and go after Mike Sullivan and say he like doesn't know what he's doing as a coach and his lines stink and why is he doing this and why is he doing that? Well, the guy's eight for eight in playoff series. I think he might be doing something okay. Matt Murray's finished two seasons in, in the NHL and he's won two cups. Like I, I think he might have somewhat of an idea what he's doing. Um, and so that's why I don't worry about Murray at all. I look at the other goalies they're going to face, and that's why I said what I said. I don't, I don't worry about that. I mean, if they get into um, the Eastern Conference Final, I mean, maybe we worry about like Tuka Rask or Andre Vasilevsky or something like that, or you know, they abused Pekka Rene, or um, you know, maybe if it's the Stanley Cup Final, we talk about Hellebuck or Flurry. That's on down the line. Right now, the Penguins have one of the best horses in the race, and I think people should realize that. Jason, really good stuff, man. We look forward to, if you write them, I mean, my gosh, your 20 thoughts tomorrow morning. Thanks for coming on, and we'll listen to you tonight. All right, pal. Thanks. 24 minutes until along the boards with Jason Mackey and Phil Bork drops the puck on the Penguins playoffs because once they start talking, it's on, baby. I hate the Flyers with a burning passion. I do. I know Sid feels the same way. Ever since Hatcher broke his face. And then Crosby ate their souls. It's a bunch of inbred jackasses that now are far too high on themselves. We won the Super Bowl. Villanova won the NCAA championship. Well, you know what? Your freaking Flyers are going to get bounced in four or five games. How about that? By your least favorite hockey club. I need Sidney Crosby to go up. I need Sidney Crosby to shoot an arrow through their heart. And all you'll hear is, oh, Sidney Crosby. Why are we doing that thing again? Why are we denigrating women to try to bring down Sidney Crosby? You know, see, Philadelphia fans are anti-women. Philadelphia fans are anti-not inbreeding. And they're getting too high on themselves. F them. F their fans. Screw that team. Go Pence. My favorite thing about Stan is he's always trying to be objective. My analysis will be objective, but I'm not going to pretend like I don't want the Penguins to win. And I'm also not going to pretend like I don't want the Flyers to lose. I don't know which one I need more. Shot into my veins. A Flyers loss or a Penguins win? Luckily, this time around, get both at the same time. Coming up next, the hottest take of the day. It's other crap and our three stars of the show. ESPN Pittsburgh. Hi, Tom Bodette with a word on fusion cuisine, where you mix one country's food with another one. I always call that stew, but whatever gets you to dessert. But whether you like a French vigissoise with Thai chili oil, or you're more into the fusion of American burger and French fry, you'll save more for that meal at Motel 6. It's an intriguing mix of clean, comfortable, and low prices, or as we fusionistas call it, clicolo. 
I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And really, what has Philadelphia done for me lately? I know they won the Super Bowl. Oh, that's great. But 1976, 1776, in fact, the last time anything mattered. Rocky's fake. The town smells. That bell that they're always bragging about has got a damn crack in the middle of it. I'm all Pittsburgh, baby. Only two more sleeps until pens and flyers. I'm amped up. Claude Giroux had himself one hell of a season, and he had himself one hell of a final week of the season. I want to see that guy knocked on his ass. Konechny. I mean, drop the C in the middle of your name, man. Uh, like, Konechny, you don't need the extra one. And Voracek. Like, what are you trying to be, the ugly Giroux? I hate the Flyers. Wayne Simmons pretty cool, though. He's like a worse Patrick Hornquist. And he's black, which in hockey I think gains your points. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> Pirates Cubs got postponed until tomorrow. The Cubs are five and four. The Pirates are seven and two. The Pirates clearly the superior baseball team, and the Pirates had played all of their games in 39-degree weather or less. So, the Chicago Cubs cancel the ball game today, move it to tomorrow when it's going to be warmer. Why? They're trying to take them buckos out of their element. These Pirates are hot in the cold. And these Chicago Cubs, well, they're mediocre right now. And they can't risk the Pirates continuing their cold-weather ways. Also, how soft are the Northsiders now? Oh, we haven't won anything since 1908. Then they do, and all of a sudden they become soft. They are soft. Softest team in the league. What the hell is that about? On the South Side, guess what they did today? They played a damn baseball game. It ended. The White Sox lost, so maybe the strategy backfired in their face, but guess what? At least they played the baseball game. At least they have dignity. At least they've got balls. The Cubs, they're front runners now. They're no better than the Red Sox. Remember how tough the Red Sox used to be and how likable they were? The idiots and Terry Francona and they're drinking beers in the clubhouse and eating fried chicken and then all of a sudden they're the Yankees just with different letters on their jersey. It's the same thing with the Cubs. We've won and now we're a bunch of prissy jackasses. The White Sox won. But no one goes to their games, so they're still blue collar. Cubs are scared, and tomorrow the Pirates will show them why. Because Nova's pitching. Yeah, it's probably not going to go well. Woo! Other crap. The Masters ratings went up 55% year over year. Say what you want about the young stars, but... This is all about Tiger. The last time the ratings were this high was 2015. You know who played? You know who made the cut? You know who was alive on the final Saturday and Sunday? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Ah, oh, man. That was close. You nailed it. Woo! Other crap. Ilya Kovalchuk is signing a deal with the Rangers. 
He's been playing in the KHL for the last half a decade. He must not have watched the NHL since he's been in Mother Russia. Woo! Other crap. Shahani Atani. Did I nail it? Yeah, you nailed that, man. You nailed that like a split hog. Struck out 13 in his last start. He flirted with perfection. Here's the question. Could Shahoni Atani get out Shahoni Atani? Could Shahoni Atani get a hit off of Shahoni Atani? More on that around the All-Star break when we've got nothing else to talk about. Woo! Other crap. Giancarlo Stanton struck out more in the last week, 16 times, than Joe DiMaggio did in the entire 1941 season, 13 times. He did, however, have less sex with Marilyn Monroe. Woo! Other crap. Should have said he also had less sex with Marilyn Monroe. Woo! Other crap. Packers wide receiver and household name Trevor Davis joked about bringing a bomb on a plane. He then got arrested. The dude's got eight catches in two years. The only thing he should hope blows up is his career. Woo! Other crap. Ben Simmons says he should be the NBA Rookie of the Year. That's a terrible other crap. Woo! Other crap. That was Tom's idea. Woo! Other crap. According to WashingtonPost.com, the Capitals have a 5% chance of winning the Stanley Cup this year. Some in the comments section are bitching because they think those chances are too high. Woo! Other crap. This is gross, but transparency is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I probably farted 500 times yesterday, and I've got stomach cramps, and I woke up in the middle of the night. I feel like... What's her face? An alien. What the hell's wrong with me? Woo! Other crap. A Canadian teen bought a lottery ticket on her 18th birthday and then won $1,000 a week for the rest of her life. Syrup and poutine for everyone! Woo! Other crap. A gorilla at the Philadelphia Zoo has opted to walk on two legs to keep its hands clean. That immediately makes him the cleanest primate in all of Philadelphia. Woo! Other crap. Pitt basketball has not won a conference game in 406 days. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's third star of the show, Penguins winger Zach Aston Reese. If your team wants to make a, a big playoff push, you need, um, you know, secondary contributors. Um, and that comes from your third and fourth line. Um, whether it's putting the puck in the net or keeping the puck out of your own net, um, I think that's a role that I fit into well. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, 
Jason Mackey. The guy has never not ended an NHL season with a Stanley Cup. You know, it's sort of like the geniuses that go and go after Mike Sullivan and say he like doesn't know what he's doing as a coach and his lines stink and why is he doing this and why is he doing that? Well, the guy's eight for eight in playoff series. I think he might be doing something okay. Matt Murray's finished two seasons in, in the NHL and he's won two cups. Like I, I think he might have somewhat of an idea what he's doing. And tonight's first star of the show, the one, the only, Grandma D. Hey, what do you think about our pirates? They're doing, how about, how about yesterday? He went the whole way. I, oh, I just love Tyler, whatever his name is. Any bonus stars today? No bonus stars today. That's a good performance from everyone. Good work, Tom. Thank you. Good work, Katie. Thank you. I think Katie deserved nothing. Uh, I did the Smokey Report better than her. That's a bold-faced lie. You stumbled over Hancock. You laughed. Uh, yeah, it's Hancock. It's not like it said Handick. It's Hancock! Way funnier word. Cock? Yeah. A doodle do. Got to be careful with what you say on the radio these days. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow's going to be wild. Not only is Rob Rossi in for three hours, but I might have to wear a damn diaper. I don't know what's going on with my stomach. Irritable bowel? Crohn's? I'm having colon issues. I'm all worried. The anxiety's getting to my head. Rossi should help. Rob Rossi tomorrow from 4 o'clock until 7. We'll see if we sneak in any other fun as well. It's a Growly Show.